we're going to get started this morning and continue our series, um, Christmas at the Movies, okay? And so this morning, we're going to be focusing on the Christmas um, movie, Charlie Brown Christmas Special. Now, how many of you have ever seen the Charlie Brown Christmas Special? Anybody? A few of you? Yeah? Oh, okay. A lot of you. Good. Well, let me tell you about this movie. Charlie Brown Christmas Special is a classic. It was first released in 1965, and at the time of its release, TV networks were actually like a little bit leery and kind of nervous about showing it because of its religious undertones. You see, in the final scene of the movie, the character of Linus, he recites a passage of scripture and he proclaims the good news of Jesus's birth. And so the network execs, they they actually tried to get that scene removed from the movie. But the creator, Charles Schultz, insisted that the true meaning of Christmas should be presented. You see, Schultz, he was a man of faith, and he told his producer, he said, if we don't do it, then who will? It's kind of cool, right? And so he actually refused to release the movie without including that scene. And so finally, the network decided to go ahead with it. And the movie was an incredible success, and viewers loved it. It actually got a 45 Nielsen rating. And what that means is, is that nearly half of all the Americans who were watching TV the night that it released, half of them actually tuned in to watch a Charlie Brown Christmas. You see, it was so successful and it did so well that it became a Christmas tradition. And so it has actually been aired every single year at Christmas time since 1965. And the cool thing about it is, is that that means for the past 57 years, people from all over the world have heard the message of Luke chapter 2 declaring the arrival of Jesus. How cool is that, that our God can use any platform and he can use any means to spread the message of Jesus, even a kid's movie. Pretty cool. So while I was preparing to speak today, of course, I watched the movie and I did some research about the film. And I came across um, a really cool little detail that's kind of like just tucked away and hidden in the movie. And, and I'm not the most observant person in the world, so honestly, I probably would have never noticed it on my own, and some of you maybe have never noticed it as well. But, but this subtle little detail actually transforms this show from just a heartwarming, entertaining story to something even more theologically and practically powerful. Now, I know some of you may have not seen the movie, but basically what our kids' program was was kind of just like a condensed version of the movie. And so what I want you to do is recall when little Charlie Brown, the poor little Charlie Brown, he's desperately searching for somebody who understands what Christmas is all about. He's desperately just asking, does anyone know the real meaning of Christmas? And that is when Linus, the sweet little boy that that never goes anywhere without holding on to his security blanket for comfort, he steps up and he tells Charlie Brown the story of the angels appearing to the shepherds in Luke chapter 2. Now here's the thing, what most people miss about this scene is that when he says the word, when little Linus says the words, fear not, he actually drops his security blanket. 
What a powerful moment that shows us that the gospel of Jesus can transform us. You see, the gospel can take a scared little boy who needs his security blanket and can turn him into a bold and confident young preacher. So today, I want us to take a look at how the birth of Jesus is actually an invitation for us to fear not as well. You know, I don't think the angels were only talking to the shepherds when they declared those words. I I think that they also apply to us today. We have an invitation to drop our own security blankets and to fear not. So I want to read this account together. If you want to look in your Bible, we're going to go uh, to Luke chapter 2, and it's going to be on the screen. We're going to be reading verses 8 through 14 today. And it says this, And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. So this morning, I want us to take a look at two of our greatest fears in life. And how the good news of Jesus is actually an invitation for us to drop those fears. So the first fear I want to look at today is the fear of being alone. The fear of being alone. You know, I saw an article once about a man who had been found dead in his apartment. Now, the story in itself is sad enough, but what made it even more tragic was that when they had found him, he had actually been dead for three days years. Can you imagine that? Dead for three years in his apartment and no one even noticed. You know, for some of us, this article expresses our deepest fear, to die alone and forgotten. But the fear of being alone doesn't just start as we get older and we start to think about death and dying. It actually starts much earlier than that. You see, the fear of being alone could sound something even like this, like, will I find anyone to sit with me in the school cafeteria? Will I have anyone to talk to at the party? Will I ever find someone to marry? Who can I write down as my emergency contact? What would I do if something bad happened and I lost my spouse Or my marriage? Will anyone visit me if I end up in the nursing home? You see, these questions and so many more, they all point to this deep underlying fear of being alone. And I think if we're honest today, all of us struggle with this fear to some degree. But how many of you want some good news this morning? Some good news is, let me tell you the good news. Because of Jesus... We never have to fear being alone. 
Because of Jesus, we never have to fear being alone. In Matthew 1.23, it says, Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. God is with us. Even the name of Jesus means God is with us. So we never have to fear being alone because of Jesus. You know, a lot of kids have imaginary friends and and they talk to them. But with Jesus, we have a real friend. A real friend who sticks closer than a brother. A real friend that promises us that we are never alone. In Psalm 139, verse 7 through 10, it says, I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. He is always with us. We can't escape him. No matter where we go, the heights, the depths, to the far ends of the sea, we will find him there and we will realize he has been with us every single step of the way. You see, the good news of Jesus is that he came not only to be with us, but he also sent his Holy Spirit to dwell in us. Man, he's not just with us, he's in us. So we are truly never, ever alone. Now, does this mean that we'll never feel lonely? Does this mean that we'll never fear being alone again? No, but what it does mean is that we don't have to face these feelings or these fears by ourselves. You see, Because Jesus is in us and he is with us, we can actually go about looking for others who may feel out of place or alone and minister to them with the love of Christ. Isn't that powerful? Today, I'm telling you, it is time to drop the fear of being alone and to pick up the transforming words of Jesus that he says in Matthew 28, 20, when he tells us, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. How many of you are grateful today that because he has promised to be with us, we never, ever have to fear being alone? Amen? Well, the second fear I want us to look at this morning is the fear of the future. The fear of the future. You know, studies have shown that this is actually one of the most common fears in our world. It affects both the young people and the old people alike. You, you may even be dealing with this fear right now as, as you're looking at your calendar and your to-do list and all the things that are coming up and all the unknowns and, and your stomach just kind of begins to churn as you think about what lies ahead of you and how you just don't know what's going to happen. Or maybe you're thinking about that relational conflict that, that you really need to deal with it. But, but anytime you think about it, your, your heart rate just starts to rise and your heart beats really fast and, and you're just so consumed by what could happen, all the possible outcomes. You, you just don't know what's going to happen. Or maybe there's a big life change on the horizon a new job, or, or maybe a big move, or, or maybe you're going to be getting married, or, or maybe you're having a baby, or, or maybe you have a baby that's grown up and is going off to college. All these things are, are fears about the future and the unknown, and all of these things can keep us up at night. 
You see, the fear of the future, it manifests physically like I've, I've talked about, you know, like with the heart racing and the stomach churning and not being able to sleep. But beyond the physical effects, it can also wreak havoc in our spiritual lives. Fear of the future can wreak havoc in our spiritual lives. You know, I love this quote by Corey Timboon, and she said, Worry does not empty tomorrow of its sorrow. It empties today of its strength. Worry does not empty tomorrow of its sorrow, but it empties today of its strength. You know, sometimes I think that we can get so focused and so fearful about the future that we actually lose our effectiveness in the here and the now. You see, fear of the future, it can cause us to just live on pins and needles as we spend precious time and energy anticipating the worst case scenario. What a waste of time, guys. You see, because there's, there's two problems with the fear of the future. The first is that the future is not here. The future's not here. The second problem with fear of the future is that the future's not ours. You see, the future is not here right now, and there's nothing we can do about it in this moment. And the future is not ours. It is out of our hands. But here's some good news this morning. It may be out of our hands, but the future is resting securely in the hands of a more than capable and trustworthy God. Amen. We have hope today. We have hope for the future. You know what? Although we may not know the future, we know the character and the promises of the God who holds the future. We may not know the future, but we know the character and the promises of the God who holds the future. You see, when Jesus came, he brought us hope. He brought us hope for the future. Isaiah 9, 6 and 7 says, for a child is born to us, a son is given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of Heaven's armies will make this happen. You see, the future is on his shoulders. He brings the counsel. He brings the peace. And he promises us for all eternity. You see, God, he is for us. We don't have to fear the future. We know that he's for us. In Romans 8, 31, it says, what shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Who can ever be against us because we know he's for us and we also know that he has good things planned for us. In Ephesians 2.10, it says, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do good things that he planned for us long ago. We don't have to fear the future. You know what? Jesus himself actually told us this. How many of you know when you're reading the Bible, and the words that are written in red come along, we should pay really close attention. When I'm reading through scripture and I see those red letters, that means that this was Jesus talking, boy, man, I bring my focus in because I think he probably has some pretty good things to say. Well, let me tell you this morning what Jesus says 
about our future. In Matthew 6, 25 through 34, he says, that is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns for your heavenly father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Jesus tells us, don't worry. Don't fear the future. I've got it. I've got it. Can I give you a little tip this morning on how to overcome this fear of the future when it tries to pop up in your life? Because here we go. I mean, today you might be here and you might hear the message and be like, man, yeah, I don't have to fear. I'm going to drop that fear. And then a few days from now, when things start to get a little hairy and and situations arise, that fear of the future might pop up again. And, And let me tell you what I do. Whenever I get this fear of the future, what helps me to overcome it is I stop thinking about the future and I start thinking about the post future. Now, I'm not even really sure if that's a word, okay? So, but just bear with me as I try to explain what I mean. The, the post-future. Now, now, think back. For some of you, this might be a long time ago. For some of you, not so long. But think back when you were in high school. You were so consumed and you were so worried about what the people around you thought about you, right? You thought that what was happening in your life during that season was just what was happening in your life and in your relationships and your friendships. Man, that was the most important thing in all the world. It was so important. You were so focused, so consumed about it. But then 10 years down the road, you look back and you see that the majority of the people that you were so worried about impressing You were so worried what they thought about you. You were so worried about all the decisions that you were making. And then you you look back and you realize that you haven't even seen or talked to most of those people since graduation night. Maybe on Facebook, but that doesn't count. It's not real life, people. Facebook's not real life. Don't you ever just wish you could go back to that high school student and, and, and tell yourself that, man, it's really not worth worrying about. It's really not worth all the fear. It's really not worth keeping yourself up at night trying to be something that you're not because all of those fears and all of those worries, they're not even going to matter just a little ways down the road. But you know what? That's the same pep talk I give myself. 
That's the, t- the same perspective shift I try to tell myself when I start to worry and I start to become fearful about the future. You see, I start to think about the end of the story. I put my focus on the post future, if you will. And I remind myself that there will come a day where there will be no more fear. And I think about the return of Christ and and the perfect kingdom that he's going to bring with the new heaven and the new earth and how just one moment in eternity with Jesus and we will realize how very small and insignificant those fears of the future that we have right now are. Just one moment moment in his presence. We got to change our perspective. We got to focus not on the future, but on the post future. You see, because Jesus came, we have hope and we have security. We don't have to fear the future. We have hope for our current future here on earth, but we have an even greater hope for our eternity with him. We have hope right here in this current future here on earth, but we have an even greater hope for our eternity with him. The takeaway for our message today is it's simple, but it's powerful. It's time to drop our fears because in Jesus, we are never alone and our future is secure. It's time to drop our fears because in Jesus, we are never alone And our future is secure.